So I took her out to dinner for the second date. Uh, it was a DTF date, which... Okay, uh, you need to clarify. Yeah, I need to clarify that. So <laughs> when I say DTF, I mean something very different than <laughs> what you would hear... DTF. <laughs> what you would hear on a normal dating app. So DTF for me means Din Tai Fung, uh, the dumpling house at the Americana. Which, I mean, come on, Leslie, that's a great place to take someone for a date. Honestly, now I just want to get back on BFs and be like, hey, like, do you want to have a DTF date? And then see the guys get really excited and then be like, I was talking about Din Tai Fung. So we're back for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. And today I'm honored because I have a guest who's not only one of my closest friends, but he's also one of my most eligible male friends. So he's a condo owner. He's the nicest bachelor pad of all my male friends by far. He's very well-traveled. He's a cinephile with a former movie publication that people are really clamoring to have a reboot of. Um, and another connection, we both worked with David Binder from the episode titled Dating Before DMs. And I'm so pleased to welcome Ryan Pantages. Oh, my dear Leslie. After an introduction like that, I I was already excited to be a guest. But I mean, <laughs> you know, when a non-visual medium, no one can see me blushing. But yeah, just for all listeners, I'm blushing. And I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, it is all 100% true. Did not have to embellish. Honestly, it just speaks for itself, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, yes. I mean, as, as Leslie said, we go back quite a ways. You know, we were co-workers at DreamWorks. We have both worked with the infamous David Binder. And Leslie has been one of my closest friends for years. You know, my perpetual wingwoman, uh, my future best woman at my wedding. You know, I got to say that the future Mrs. Pantages, that she's just going to have to get over it. (laughs) You are going to be an MVP of the wedding party. Wow. Uh, Not only do I expect an epic bachelor party from you, but, you know, you've been there through the highs and lows of my dating experience. So who better to stand with me once we finally reach that peak? Of course. I mean, first of all, you don't even have to worry about The Bachelor Party. That is going to be epic on <laughs> again, another level. Once we can actually go places again. Yeah. Gosh. Once we can actually go places, once strip clubs are a kosher place to be again, you know, my propensity for strip clubs. So- I have no issue with that whatsoever. <laughs> So we're so good for that. Also, I'm just offended in life that like nobody has asked me to be like a maid of honor. So forget that. I don't need it. I will, <laughs> I'm saving myself to be your best woman. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're the reason I signed up for Toastmasters preparing for oh, that special day. Oh, very. <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere with me. So I know my audience. Very well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to dive in by talking about the fact that we both know David. So like Ryan mentioned, we met at DreamWorks Animation. And so we're both connected to David. Ryan actually had the pleasure of working directly under David. Yes, I reported directly into David. So actually, while you were in David's office recording said episode, (laughs) I was outside of the office waiting for David to answer very important emails. Not as important as dating before DMs, but No, no. I mean, working for David, love you, David, was an adventure. 
in and of itself, but I'm glad he got to share his insights with you. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of content to capture. We actually cut it short. So I wanted to hear about your experience with David, and I also wanted to talk about mine, because when I worked with David, I didn't report into him, but we were on the same team. I sat, like, right outside of his office, and so we got to know each other pretty well, and he always had this joke, which is not really appropriate, but he would always talk about how I was going to, like, marry his son one day, and I was like... Really? Yeah. Wait, you didn't know that? I did not. Yeah. Yes, he always joked about it. And so the pinnacle of this joke was when we weren't on the same team anymore. It was actually before I came back to DreamWorks and I was at Universal. And so we had scheduled this presentation at DreamWorks. You might remember it. It was with the founder of this research company. Oh, yes. I remember this one. And I won't name names because she was later implicated in the college admission scandal, if you really I, want I to. remember reaching out to you about that. Like, wow, great friends you have. You weren't the only one. A lot of DreamWorks <laughs> people reached out to me the day yes. that the news broke. But so this woman who at the time was not yet implicated, she is the CEO of this company. And so my boss wasn't there. So I was the liaison for the day and trying to entertain her before she goes up. She's quite the personality. I will say she was actually like pretty cool. Like I'm not, I don't condone the college admission scandal at all, but she was a cool person. So of all the people for this to happen to, she was probably one of the best. (laughs) So David walks up to me. I'm like standing in in the front of the auditorium talking to her and he comes up and he's like oh who's this you know like David like just very direct and so no no tact whatsoever so I'm like this is so-and-so name redacted and she's gonna be giving the presentation and so clearly it's like if she's giving the presentation you know she's a big deal and David first he's like oh like you must make a lot of money and I was like what David (laughs) what but the worst part was that he literally looks at her and he's like, yeah, when my son turns 18, like him and Leslie are going to get married. And I was like, wow, why would you say that? It just makes me look so weird. But see, you, but see, you and David had worked together before, pretty, for had. a while before this meeting We had. Happened. So it was like, I'm not surprised. I'm obviously not offended. Yeah. But I was just like. God damn it, David. <laughs> it's like, you, you know David, so you're not surprised. For people that don't know David, it's like, whoa. Yeah. So. And he also described it as a May-December romance. And I was like, okay, I'm like 28. It's not a May-December <laughs> romance. Like. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. No, I mean, yeah, I, I had the honor of being a direct report under David for close to two years. And that was on my second round over at DreamWorks. So... I knew David from, you know, earlier days. And when I came back the second time, we weren't working directly together. You know, I had an office in his hallway. He'd walk by, just kind of poke his head in and shoot the shit. You know, what's going on? How's it going? And when my division was absorbed into his, I'm literally in a room with the head of our division, David's boss. Mm-hmm. He calls David into the room and says, hey, guess what? Ryan works for you now. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. Um, this is happening. This is happening. But hey, we know we're, we're friends. We know each other. It, it should be fun. And yeah, it, it was a blast working with David. One, because I knew him beforehand. I was accustomed to his style of humor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing really bothered me. And yeah, yeah you, would, you would start the team meetings with David. He'd ask for your music preferences. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd, he'd shit all over whatever you suggested. And he'd pull out <laughs> his, uh, his song, whatever he wanted to listen to. And he was just always the, the good guy to, you know, talk about, hey, what's going on? You know, I always like that in a boss when, yeah. you know, it's not always 100% business. Which yes. is not meant to say that we didn't work on business. We worked very, very hard. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know what? When you feel that your coworkers know who you are as a person, yes. it makes you more effective. 
So given that this is a dating podcast, it actually transitions well because David was involved in both of our dating lives, not only with him, not only with him trying to set me up with his son, but like in terms of our actual serious dating lives and being really invested in our profiles. Oh, yes. You know, I remember on your episode, you were talking about David, you know, giving you tips on your profile, your prompts, your photos. David would regularly, uh, hey, Ryan, give me your phone. (laughs) And he'd look through my profile to give suggestions, but the best were when he would take my phone from me and swipe through the apps as me. And it was literally, I had no chance to look at the phone. I would just literally be sitting there and watch David, well, more hear David say, pass, pass, not interested, pass, high maintenance, no thank you. Wait, so did he have any positives? Like, what was his swipe rate? There, there were a couple positives. And usually if it was someone's like, oh, she's kind of cute, he'd, you know, turn the phone over so I could see her and say, okay, okay go. Okay. But it was more that anytime I had a date, David would want to be like, hey, how'd it go? Aww. Or like... You know, and, and this goes more to a function. It's not like I go into my boss and advertise it. Hey, I've got a date this weekend. It was more, and this has helped if you know the dynamic of our DreamWorks team, mm-hmm. is, you know, I worked with Leslie, but I was the sole male in a group of 9 to 10 female uh, coordinators, managers who were all my consultants <laughs> on all of my dating forays. So anytime there was progress or anytime I asked for advice, word spread pretty quickly. Yes. And with David being kind of right there, he usually caught wind. Mm-hmm. And David was actually a pretty good boost. Anytime a date would, didn't work out, it's like, oh, how'd it go? It's like, oh, she was interested. It's like, oh, fuck her. She didn't. She, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> he literally said that to me on like my podcast. Like, yeah. I don't remember who I was talking about, but as soon as I was like, yeah, I'm not seeing anymore. He's like, that guy's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. But You know, again, as we've said, Leslie, you know, you and I have a very long history. You've been my perpetual wing woman throughout the years. You have edited my profile many, many times. You have vetoed photos. You have vetoed (laughs) prompts, some of which I fought you on, some of which I agree with wholeheartedly. So, yeah. So I would love to hear from your perspective. What are the prompts and photos that you disagreed with the most vehemently? (laughs) So... There was one time where I did have a photo of myself on a Harley motorcycle. Whose was that? This was one of our mutual friends through Happy Hour. Uh, it was Abe, if you oh, remember. Oh, yeah. I for- yes, I forgot about his motorcycle. Yeah, so Abe drove a Harley. And one day we were out for drinks at a restaurant. And he's like, hey, Ryan, do you want to you know, sit on my Harley? Wasn't you- that the same day we saw Adrian Grenier? Yes, it was. That what it was. an eventful day. Yes, that was that was a celebrity sighting. That uh, God, we could spend a, a whole other podcast talking about how I react to celebrities. But I mean, no come chill. on, we, I mean... we hey, come on, we all watch Entourage and oh Vincent friggin' Chase just walked through the door. So okay, as someone who is literally sexually attracted to him, I kept my cool. And you did not. You know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I wish I had had the cool. I do not when it comes to that. And I, anyone who was at the table with me will agree that my reaction was, <laughs> let, let's let's call it obvious. We were all like, let's take it down and not. <laughs> anyway, uh, coming out of that, we were talking about my dating profile. And Abe's like, hey, man, why don't, why don't we get a picture of you on the Harley? And, you know, posed it. I had, you know, the forearm out. I definitely <laughs> added a little bit of flex to it. Had some good lighting. There was an air of mystery to it. An air of mystery? 
little did anyone know that the uh, the air of mystery was that I do not ride a motorcycle, <laughs> and Abe was smart enough to know to not let me take it out because that would have been a very expensive mistake on his part. Yes. Anyway, I add the uh, Harley photo, and word spread pretty quickly that I had added this, and yeah, people were not happy that I, I had a, a Harley <laughs> photo on not. my uh, on my profile. The crowd is not pleased. The crowd is not pleased. No, it actually came up on a work meeting a couple uh, a couple days later, and everybody said, like, look at this photo, Ryan. Yes, it's a good photo of you. Do you ride the motorcycle? I said, no, I do not. And they said, then guess what? It's gone. It's got to go. So, hey, you go. know what? I was just, you know what? You gotta, sometimes you got to cut through the clutter. Even if it, no. it made someone, you know, pause for a second. Again, <laughs> I, I relented that one to you. You you oh, were you were right there. I had literally, like, the crowd consensus. Yes, you had the crowd. This was years ago. So, I've since <laughs> matured. Learned. I've learned. learned. I have learned. I guess the other prompt that's probably the most famous one is there was a period after DreamWorks where I worked for Disney. And for those of you that don't know, one of the benefits or the perks of being a Disney employee is that you can get into the park anytime you want. Mm -hmm. And usually you can bring in a guest. Now, after having seen thousands of profiles of girls wearing their Mickey ears, like, I just want to go to Disneyland. my My prompt was, hey... Let's go to Disneyland. I can actually get us in, mm-hmm. or something more articulate than that. I, <laughs> I, I phrased it, but the, the gist of it was like, I will actively take you to Disneyland for a date. And I did have some friends that said, "Hey, that actually could work. Yeah. That you know, maybe it starts out with someone who's just who's just using me to get into the park. But exactly. after spending a day together, hey, maybe there is a spark there. So it was it was nuts." It, yeah, that one I, I'm still on the fence about because I would see it working. But two things. One, I think the girls that that would work on are like those weird Disney girls. And This is true. I, I say that. I'm like literally no shade. Anyone yep. who knows me well, I had a Disneyland pass for three years. Yep. However, there's like a difference between being someone who's like, yeah, I appreciate Disneyland. I never bought merch. I think I bought one beach towel, which like was my sole purchase in the whole time I was there. Yep. The people who are going to be like, I'm going to swipe right for this person. Those are the people who are like, I want to get yes. married at Disneyland. Yes. I mean, I've I've got cousins that are huge Disney fans. My one cousin actually got engaged at Disneyland. Yeah. But, That's um, another level. This was also a prompt I wrote before I actually worked D23, which is Disney's big Comic-Con convention. Mm-hmm. And I worked the floor of one of the displays and that's where I saw the true, like, Disney fan. It's wild. And it was one of those, like, yeah, no, 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 let's not do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, for anyone wondering, the prompt did not work. Not Literally no one took me up on it. Oh. So, bummer. But, again, you know what? It Honestly, worked out for the best. It, I think it did. You could have either dated a Disney girl or a gold digger or both. And it's like, imagine dating a Disney gold digger. Well, you know what? That's the fun part about it. Because if I were to take someone to the park... And they tried to ditch me off afterwards. I'd probably call security on them. So you know what? <laughs> I I, I want to consider myself a gentleman, but not above being petty if it's yeah. pretty obvious that I'm being used. Put them in Disney jail. There sure. there is a Disney jail. Yeah. You're not supposed to know about it, but there's a Disney. Everyone jail. knows about that. Well, Disney thinks no one knows about it, but Disney we know. I think we know. no one knows what it's like. Like that's what I'm curious about. Like, is it still within theme, like every other part of the park? That would be horrifying. That that would be the true punishment. I think. Could you imagine Donald Duck just like you know walking you to a cell? No. Yeah. Oh my thank God. God. No. How wow, horrible. that took a dark turn. How horrible. 
Wow. Um, yeah. So aside from being your wingman with the profile, um, I feel like I've also tried to wingman for you in person. You have on a few occasions. Yes. It is always great to have someone in your corner. It's even better when that someone is Leslie, because as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, we all love Leslie and everybody loves Leslie. And Leslie is the rally queen in terms of (laughs) she's got the energy. She, if she sees someone that you're even slightly interested in, she will break the ice. I feel like you're referencing a specific... I, I think I know which story you want to tell about <laughs> where you were on your wing woman game. And I just... For whatever reason, either the margarita was too strong or I was just especially stupid that day. Yes, I am literally sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to tell this story because we had an opportunity where this was when Ryan was still at Disney. And he was talking about how he worked in like the costuming and merchandising and all Well, first the... set the stage. Where were we? We were at El Tejano. It was a happy hour with a mixture of former DreamWorks and Universal employees. And I don't remember who this girl was. Like there was a girl who was someone's friend. Yeah, so she friend didn't work at either of the studios. Yeah. She was just there, you know, someone who was just meeting most of us, most including of us. Ryan for the first time. So this girl is sitting next to Ryan and she's asking all these questions about his job and is very interested. I think she like had a passion for costumes, which yeah. like maybe it's a little kinky. She was some maybe kind of fashion student or something like that. Oh, I was going down like a less P- PG route. I was like, maybe I, I, she that, likes to dress okay up That's okay too, but that just bedroom. makes my failure even worse. <laughs> so she's asking all these questions and Ryan is answering, but the level of engagement is not high enough for someone who you're trying to flirt with. Yes. And this is coming from someone who just hindsight is twenty twenty. This girl was actively flirting with me, and I just did not get it. She was cute. Yeah, she was. And so I was like, what the fuck, Ryan? I kept trying to look at you to be like, raise my eyebrows yeah. without her noticing. And Leslie's very expressive eyebrows. Anyone who knows Leslie knows that the, the eyebrows will tell the they story. They tell everything. But apparently that wasn't enough. It was not enough. I had to kick in under the table. Yeah, I, I got kicked under the table. Um, and ow. For one. But, you know, number two, it's like I look over at Leslie like, Leslie, what? And since it happened, and this is years ago, I'm still trying to find a perfect description of the look on Leslie's face. I've since probably settled on wake up dumbass. And it took me a couple seconds of like one, two... Oh, she's flirting with me. So once I was kind of keyed in, it's like, okay, all right, let's let's try this a little bit more. So flirted a little bit more, bought her drink. I think for whatever reason, our groups separated. And she made a point of saying that she was going to meet another group of guys. Mm. And it was like, that's on the other side of town. And like, I'm not that interested to basically go up against the competition, especially when my wing woman is going with the other group. So I opted to... Stay, but it's like, all right, you know, that, that helped hone my radar. So every yeah. every step backwards just makes the leap forward all that better. Wow, that was corny, but you it know. It was a kick in the right direction. It was uh, uh, <laughs> a, see, kick a kick in because the you, pants, a if kick you will. In, a kick in the pants, yes. Ryan Pantages, most people are too lazy to say my full last name. So a lot of my college and grad school friends call me pants. So a kick in the pants, very wow. literal and figurative. Yeah, yeah. So I have to say, though, I mean, because you're such a great guy and because you're such a great catch, I'm not the only one who wing woman's for you. No, no. I felt very fortunate to have that group of professional women who I was not only friends with, but they were comfortable around me and were mm-hmm. always, always giving advice, always kind of 
if I had a date idea, I'd run it past them and they'd be like, oh, no, that's stupid. Or like, oh, good, good. <laughs> no one said, oh, no, that's stupid. Oh, yes. No, yes. For 100 100%, 100% yes, that has been said before. But, I mean, it, it's great to have that that support group. But, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, a bunch of platonic female friends. But you do not want to be thought of because I want you guys looking out for me. I, I want you guys thinking like, oh, hey, you know, that waitress, she's hot. Let's mm-hmm. set her up with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Not, hey, Ryan's one of the gals. Let's set him up with one of the waiters. I have to say, um, I think it's pretty clear that you were not perceived as one of the girls based <laughs> on a question that one oh. of our coworkers asked you at lunch at work. At, yes, at work. Can you please elaborate? Do you, on? Oh, you want you want me to tell this story? I would. Okay, I so. wasn't there, unfortunately. That's right. You you heard about this one because this this one was told uh, um, many times over. Thankfully, not to an HR representative. <laughs> so yeah, as as DreamWorks lunches go, we'd always gather and you know get a big group and sit down together at a table. And one of our group basically brought up the subject like, "Hey Ryan, you know, can I ask you a guy question?" <laughs> And it was like, okay, you know, there was a little bit of hesitation there because, again, I'm, I'm the only guy. I do not want to get called into HR. But um, the question essentially was, Ryan, when a, a guy is, and I'm going to try and put this as PC as I can. I it should mean, be pretty obvious. You don't have to. I don't have to. But, you know, this, this, there's a lot. Your mom with, might listen. My mom, your mom. There's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of family. There's a lot of coworkers. But... Uh, the question was, Ryan, when a guy is having fun with himself <laughs> or uh-huh. even with someone else, how long does it take him to, let's say, complete the transaction? Oh, God. Oh, God. The fact that you used the word transaction. Um, yeah, that was the question that was posed to me at work during a lunch where I am surrounded by all of my female coworkers. Yikes. Yes. And <laughs> I was not offended in the least. A small part of me was prideful in saying, wow, they are really that comfortable with me to ask the question. And I'm comfortable enough with them to answer without getting reported in HR, which if the HR rep is listening, I apologize. But you know what? I, I did not foster a hostile work environment. Well, I think our listeners need to know the answer. Oh, my God. God, the male listeners you have are all cringing right now because I don't It's only think... 35%. It's oh, my Lord. Of course, you would throw statistics out if you didn't answer this. I say it will be dependent on the individual. I say that there are times where ah, it's situational, let's say. I think no guy, no guy wants the, to be over quickly. No one guy, no one, no one wants to be perceived as ending quickly. I will say it is the goal to last as long as possible. And sometimes accidents happen. No. Accidents happen. Oh my gosh. What an answer. That was like a very like birds and the bees answer. Well, like I said, I'm pretty sure David's going to text me after that answer. And be like how you talked to them about what? You did what? So. Okay, so going beyond yes. other wing woman and wingman duties. Yes. So we also, myself and Ariel, we served as fashion consultants in what was one of the best days of my life, where yeah. I got to be the Ryan Gosling to your Steve Carell. Yes, and for anyone who who doesn't know, that's a reference to what is it? Crazy Stupid Love. The best. One of the best modern rom com. Modern no, no, rom coms no. ever. The best. The best. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. Anyone who's listened to Leslie's podcast, she has referenced 
having that one friend who lives in the valley. Um, that <laughs> yes. is me. So we forgot I, to cover that. Yeah, we forgot to cover that. So I, at, at the time, lived in Burbank. I am now in North Hollywood. Uh, Leslie has been trying to get me to move out to the west side for years. So here I am on, you know, a Saturday afternoon. Just, I think I was doing something incredibly boring for being in the Valley. I think I was paying bills or answering That's what emails. Life in the valley that is, that is like. you know what? It does not help my <laughs> argument. But anyway, the phone rings and it is Leslie and it is Ariel. And I think I had a date coming in a couple of weeks that you guys knew about. And we'll, we'll cover that later for sure. But, uh, you both said, we need to go fashion shopping. You know, we, need we to... didn't say fashion shopping. What, however, how are you? We just said we were going to go shopping. We're going to go shopping. Get in loser, we're going shopping. Get in loser, we're going shopping, <laughs> or or some variation of it. And at that point, I'm like, God oh, damn it! You know, do I, am I really going to drive to the west side? And you and you played the card. You said, Ryan, you said you would always come out to the west side to have some fun. And it's like, God damn it, Leslie, well played. <sighs> So I dropped my checkbook or whatever the hell I was doing. My checkbook. And you were not painting a good picture. Well, what? Well, and regardless, it was an expensive day for me because you guys <laughs> took me to every friggin' store on the west side. You completely updated we my wardrobe. Only went to three stores. It felt like a lot more. My credit card bill after that day was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, we did buy quite a few things, but I think we took you to upper mid-tier stores. You, you know? do. It was it was reasonable. It was reasonable. It, it was it was very. Anyone who's watched a rom com like montage of taking someone through shopping, yeah, that's a hundred percent what this day was. We even had one of the fitting room attendants hitting on you. I remember you were trying. On I a don't. Shirt. I don't recall that. Absolutely, you were trying on a shirt and you came out, and she's like, "Yeah, I can tell you work out." I swear, I swear you even commented on it in the moment. Did I? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Fair so, enough. So, I mean, enough. that alone, I'm like, that's worth it. It, wor- it worked out. Like I said, I'm you You updated my wardrobe for the better. Yes. But for the record, we did not say we need to go fashion shopping. <laughs> However you put it, your, your intentions were very, very clear. Yes. Yes. So we have to flip the script a little bit because as much as I am wingman for Ryan, Ryan is also there for me to look out for me and make sure that whoever I'm going after is someone who's in my best interest. Yes. So I have never had to you know, do the awkward, have you met Leslie introduction because anyone who knows Leslie knows that she's she needs no help in meeting someone new. Oh. I am more the kind of... Let's say the the bouncer at, at the <laughs> gates, and wow, that sounds horrible now that I say it out loud. Let's just say I'm very I am very protective of Leslie, in that she deserves nothing but the best. Oh, and now I'm blushing. Given how often we have been out together, I have definitely seen a wide array of douchebag and <laughs> uh, let's call them bros. Um, you know have less than honorable intentions. <laughs> and I am just wanted, always wanted to make sure that your best interests are at heart. I really do appreciate that. Yes, yes. And it's kind of been something that doesn't normally rear its ugly head. It's not something that becomes a bigger issue most of the time. Mm-hmm. But there have been two occasions when it kind of escalated to become a bigger issue. And so one of them, I want to tell this story, and I don't think I've really talked about this person on the podcast very much, considering, like, the fact that it was kind of a prominent part of my life for a period of time. It was 
in like the midst of my like online dating resurgence, I guess, and I matched with this person. He stalked me on Facebook. Like I actually never stalked people beforehand. I think that's something I'm going to change going forward because I mean, safety and just making sure someone isn't crazy. But he stalked me. And then I think before we met up, he messaged me and he's like, oh my God, we have two mutual contacts. And one of them was one of my girlfriends. And then the other one was you. And I was like, oh my oh, God. Oh, I think, I think I know who this is. Yes. So I texted you and I was like, do you know so-and-so? And you're like, yeah, why? And I don't know if I told you right away, but it eventually became clear that, you know, we matched and we went on a date and you were not having it. No. So I remember the introduction of finding out that you two were connected in a different way. Oh. We were out for a friend's birthday party. Mm -hmm. He was taking us on a party bus to go to Long Beach. So um, just added context at the time, I was on Whole30 and everyone else was drinking and I was stone cold sober. That is one of the worst ways to go to a party. Yeah. But Leslie tells me, that, hey, I matched with a guy and I'm going out on a date with someone that you went to high school with. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, color me intrigued. I, I, <laughs> I uh, you know, I went to an all guys high school, 1,200, 300 per class. So there's a good chance I probably know him or at least know of him. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, I'm going to tell you his name. And he's got a single story. Like, Oh, yes. Thank you for sharing Yeah. This. So basically, he told you that when you tell yes. Ryan who I am, he's going to tell you one story. Yes. And the second you mentioned his name, I, I matched the story. Yes, you did. I said, he's going to tell you the shotgun story. Yep. So I'll tell what I, this was a little while ago, sure. maybe like two years ago. So I might be fudging some of the details, but from what I remembered of what this person told me, it was that you guys were all at the same party and there had always been a joke that everyone had where it was like, they didn't get to see where you lived and they yeah. all wanted to see where you lived. Yeah. So after one night at the same party, you left and they had this not funny idea of following you home. They're like, oh, we're going to finally see where he lives. And then you got home. And then as soon as you arrived at your house and they pulled up behind you, your dad came out of the house with a shotgun. <laughs> yes, that is the Cliff Notes version of it. Mm -hmm. So how it went down, this person that you were seeing, he was the younger brother of one of my classmates. It was my senior year. We were at a house party. And at the party, the joke was, you know, one of these days we're going to teepee Pantages' house in, I guess, a friendly manner. <laughs> and I basically said, like, ha, good luck. You guys don't know where I live. So fast forward, the, the party's over. It's 2 o'clock at night. Wasn't drinking. So, all right, time to go home. And as I'm driving home, you know, I'm at a stoplight. I'm getting ready to make the, the turn onto my street. I guess out of my peripheral vision, I see the drivers next to me. I see a couple people staring at me and I don't make eye contact, but it's like, ah, someone's watching me. It's now I know in retrospect, it was them, mm -hmm. but I'm driving back and I just, I noticed this car in the rear view and it's like, all right, I don't really, I've never seen this car in the neighborhood. It's a little strange. It's late at night. Mm -hmm. Let me make a few turns. So I basically made one giant circle around the neighborhood. And the car is following me. They're, they're far enough back that I cannot see who they are mm -hmm. in the rear view. 
And also at this time in my neighborhood, or at least in that part of L.A., there were stories of where gang initiations were to basically carjack somebody. Oh, God. So it's like... So scary. Oh, shit. Someone's trying to steal my car. Yeah. So I call my parents and, you know, get my dad on the phone. Again, wake him up in the middle of the night. I hate Mm -hmm. doing it, but I like, "Uh, Dad, we got a problem. I think someone's following me. He's going to try and and steal my car. He says, okay, you know, where are you? You know, if, if you're within this area, drive to the police station. If you're Close enough, come home. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, I guess I'm coming home. He says, okay, pull into the garage. Just come in, pull into the garage immediately. So I come in. The car behind me is still a ways back. But they, they've followed me enough that they know where to go. Yeah. So I pull in the garage. And as the garage door is opening, there's my dad standing there with his Borelli <laughs> shotgun. Oh, my God. So I pull into the garage. He comes up to me. He says, is the car following you an SUV? He's like, uh, yes, yes, it is. So he basically sprints into the middle of the uh, the cul-de-sac, holding the gun above his head, and the car is, like, inching its way into the cul-de-sac. Oh, God. At that point, my dad takes aim. He's, oh, he's, my God. He's basically ready to to shoot into, into wow. the car. What a badass. Uh, what a badass, right? Well, at this point, the car goes reverse big time. <laughs> I, I would uh, imagine. Tires squealing, smoking. Scared them off. Imagine the neighbors. If Imagine, someone happens to be oh, looking this, through this, the window. This clearly, <laughs> this woke people up for sure. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward to Monday at school. It is a story of like what happened over the weekend. <laughs> like, hey, did you guys hear that someone followed Pantages home, tried to carjack him? Aww. Well, fast forward a couple days and the guy you're dating uh, comes up to me and says, uh, Ryan, you know that car that followed you? That was me. Come to find out, he was terrified to tell me. Like, one, it rightfully yeah. scared the shit out of him. That yeah. Their story was that they thought that I knew it was them. They yeah. had seen me and I had seen them, which I hadn't. Yeah. He's like, Ryan's going to kill me. Yeah, like, he has a shotgun in his back. Well, it's like not even that. Like, we knew each other well enough. Like, we were part of the same group. We were at the same party. Yeah. He, he was afraid I was going to knock his block off. He thought I was afraid I was going to deck him. And I found out earlier that it was him. His older brother had told me. Okay. And, like, the family had apologized. But it was just, like, one of those, like, God, this is a story we're going to tell. And now here comes Leslie, someone that I am incredibly protective of. It's like, hey, remember that guy that your dad almost killed in high school? I have a date with him. I have a date with him. So I had not seen the guy in years. But I was like, based on what I know about him, and this is judgment separate from the incident, as we'll call it. I'm like, oh, Leslie, you can do better. So I wish I had listened to you. And I'm, again, I don't ever come on this podcast to like throw shade at someone, but it was like, oh my God. That- we, we, have, we have not used his name. And for whatever reason, he's listening. He, know, he knows what he did. Yeah, I just, that lasted longer than it needed to. And like, without diving into it, yeah, it was, it wasn't the best. And so I told you that there's something that I haven't told you um, yes, about Yes, there's this. an element to the story that I don't know. Yes. So, you know, even after we stopped dating, we would text every so often. Mm-hmm. But he like... I, I remember. I think we were at a party once. Yeah. You left your phone on the table. <laughs> yes. And he texted and I saw it. And you gave me so much Oh, I, Oh, I was pissed. Leslie! <laughs> You're like, what is this still doing here? Yeah, so we would still text, and then he moved away, so it was like, okay, it's not even a big deal. It's not like he's like going to try to see me, but it got to a point where I was like, okay, this texting is making me uncomfortable, so I just stopped responding. Fair enough. And he's, As is your right. 
And he's, I haven't blocked him. So that's the thing. It's like, I wonder to myself, I'm like, should I block this person? You know, if you're not going to respond, but then there's also a part of me that's like, okay, there's no real harm, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like you're in danger or anything like that. And even if you were, he knows where you live. So it's too late. Um, but <laughs> so I just haven't blocked him. I just don't respond and I'll get a message every so often. Oh, dude, take the hint. Recently, I sent a message to our group chat of Ryan and one of our friends at an Adam Sandler show. The only reason I have that picture is because he sent it to me with no context. And I was like, that almost got me to respond because I'm like, it's hilarious. But I'm like, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to like send this oh, to the group God. instead. Oh, God. He sent you that for- Oh, Lord. So, yes. (laughs) This is one of my many small claims to fame, but in, I guess, Adam Sandler's most recent Netflix comedy specials, I am square in the audience. (laughs) You can see me through a good portion. Anytime they show the audience, like, I'm directly in front of Adam, so you actually think it's one of the stills. Yes. Like, you know, when you go onto the Netflix, like before you watch it, they'll show the audience and you just see me and I'm, I'm laughing my ass off. Yes. Which, for context, I used to love Adam Sandler. I think he hasn't made a good movie in years, but his stand-up comedy was awesome. So mm. if my word means anything, I would highly recommend that Netflix special. He's hysterical. Yeah. So I um, did not know he'd sent you that photo. Yeah. And honestly, I will say like that alone justified my choice not to block the number because I never would have seen that gem. Okay, that photo has been sent to you by other people because I've been on those group texts. No. Who? D- didn't it happen like a week ago that that came out again? Oh. Oh, it, wait a minute. That was you on the group text. That was from him? Yes, a week ago. He texted me. That. Oh, shit. That close. Yes. Oh, damn it. That fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, I have a very pertinent update to give oh, you. Oh, I didn't realize that that's where you got it from. Yes, that is where it came I thought from. you were just watching Netflix and being like, oh, hey. Nope, that was sent to me directly. Jesus, that was a long time after we had the whole conversation. It was. So, yeah, it's wow. still, still I mean, a relevant topic. Good for you, Leslie, to inspire that kind of passion in someone. But I know. Actually, it's a little flattering. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't blame it. That is... A little troubling, but flattering. Yeah, it is like flattering in a very troubling way. You're right. You're right. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I've I've made mistakes in my dating past. I will say that I'm pretty good about picking up the when she's no longer interested, leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think he cares, you know? I think he's like, one of these days she'll respond. And I'm sure he thought that that was going to be the thing to get me to respond. And to be fair, it almost did. because so I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> How dare he use me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. He really did. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, the other time that you kind of had to play a protective role over me. So this was something that I didn't find out until after I finished dating this person. So essentially, I was dating someone. We ended up dating for two and a half years. And Ryan and I were very close friends throughout the entirety of the period that I dated this person. So Ryan spent... A good amount of time with him. Mm-hmm. And I learned later that you and some of our other mutual friends literally had a sit-down conversation, like a pre-intervention, yes. essentially, yes. to be like, do we need to like say something about this guy? Yes. And I, I know you've covered this topic before in the podcast. Like, at what point do friends say something? Yeah, this was one of your, your longer-term boyfriends. Had met him a couple times, didn't get a great vibe off the guy. And, you know, part of me was like, you know what, am I am I being fair? Is it a snap judgment? 
talk to some of our other group and we're like, yeah, we don't really like them all that much either. And that's where we all got kind of conflicted. We were like, you know what? At what point do we say something? You know, we, we all care for Leslie. We all want to protect her. You know, it came down to the question, like, how do you feel about it? And we all begrudgingly admitted, like, all right, Leslie seems happy. You know, let's let's not say anything. Let's bite our tongue. So it's like, all right, I'll, I'll make a little bit more more of an active effort. And I will say after a while, I was like, okay, maybe he's not that bad. And right after I formed that opinion, maybe like a week later, Leslie tells me, oh, yeah, we broke up. And it's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, so that was really interesting to hear because, first of all, I'm curious at what point in our relationship did you guys all have that realization that you all felt the same way? God, uh, how quickly did I meet him after you guys really started dating seriously? Gosh, everything. Because it's a while ago and it was two and a half years, it all blurs together. But I would imagine it was relatively quickly. It was relatively quickly. I want to say I met him... Pretty quickly, but the times we actually hung out together as a group was really like a handful of times. Yeah. So the first couple of times I was like, oh, really? This this is the guy Leslie's dating? But all right. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever. I want to say it got pretty deep into it where I, got, I think I caught wind of another person in our group. I think I saw him interacting with them and I saw the eye roll and like that was uh, like... Wow. We like, need to have an offline conversation because I'm curious. Yeah. And I was just kind of like... Oh, maybe I'm I'm not the only person that feels like this. So, you know, I kind of gathered the group, and not, I'm like, it sounds like I had a friggin' like conclave. Here you know, ye, hear ye, hear ye, with the papal smoke and all that. <laughs> I was like, no, I just I I was asking guys like, what do we think of him? I'm like, eh, he's not great, but again, you know, for Leslie, you know, we we got to keep our mouth shut. Like, I disagree, and I wish you guys had said something. Fair enough, I'll take that. But again, that, that's the trickiness of this. Because what we didn't know, like, again, from us on the outside looking in, you were happy. Mm-hmm. And the last thing we wanted to do was say something and you'd be like, oh, my God, how could you say that? How dare you? And yeah. like, even when it's coming from it's a good tough. place, it's tough. There's, no, there's no guarantee that it's going to be taken the way you want it to be taken. Mm-hmm. So what, let's call that a mulligan. I promise you. The next time it happens, and that's not to say that it will happen again. I mean, I would like to think I've grown. You absolutely have grown. And I've told you a thousand times over, you 100% his loss. <laughs> you tra- you traded up big time after that guy, so. Oh, man. But, yes, the protective role, we were just looking out for our friend Leslie. Yeah, which I appreciate. I appreciate. And I understand. It's like... A very complicated thing to bring up, for sure. Because you don't want to offend somebody. And again, I think it really comes down to their happiness. And you guys didn't really have the full picture. Like, even after the podcast came out, you literally had to listen to an episode and be like, I didn't know that I did not know that story. Yeah, so... I mean, I could have guessed some of it. I mean, he was a vapor. That was... Oh, my God. I can't believe we're bringing that up. That's so embarrassing. (laughs) But I will give the context that I gave Ryan before this discussion (laughs) is that this person used to actually smoke and so while vaping is not an attractive quality it was a big upgrade from smoking actual cigarettes i also will say at the time you guys were dating vaping was not as big a red flag as it is now oh it was still a it was (laughs) it was pretty big but it vaping did not have the holy douchebag culture it does yeah like it wasn't quite the same level of fuckboy tendency yes it was it was odd for sure to see him you know leave mid-sentence to go vape but 
you know, and I'm not exaggerating that. No. I distinctly he's, remember. He's not. He's yeah. not. That happened a lot of times. But yeah, oh. it's, it's not as bad as it, as it used to be. It could be worse. <laughs> wow. So clearly we have a lot of like dating past, but I kind of wanted to go into some present dating. Sure. We need to, we, we need to circle back to that one because, you know, for <laughs> as long as you and I have been talking to each other about setups, I've still never gotten the formal setup from you, Les. I took some offense. I think it was one of your earlier podcasts. You did mention... I do not have any or many attractive, you know, single male friends. And I think I texted you almost immediately. <laughs> as soon as you listen. But I will say many is the key word. It fair, was not fair, fair any. enough. Okay, okay. Well yeah. played, save. And I just, I feel like I do better when it's one good friend of mine and then someone who I don't really know. Because I will, so actually, Arielle will probably, if she were to be on the podcast, she'd be like, she's a horrible <laughs> person to set people up because with my first boyfriend I really liked his first roommate I just was like this guy is so nice he's freaking hilarious like him and I would bond over like making fun of my boyfriend all the time like still miss him like wonder what he's doing (laughs) hope he's doing well and he really liked Arielle like of course she's a cat she was like what's her deal and so I was like Arielle like you should give him a chance and it was because I liked his personality not even deep down. Like, I knew they actually weren't really a match. It's yeah. like there were a lot of differences that wouldn't have worked out. So the fact that I suggested it, that was my bad. But I would just say based on that experience alone, it's really hard to match two people because they can yeah. both be amazing in their own right. And you just know that they're not a good fit. So even though you want to set them yeah. up because one person's interested, and then there's that pressure... But you're like, if the other person is disinterested, it's literally awkward for all three parties Well, involved. it's it's circumstances have to be right for a setup. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is leading us into one of our other conversations about some of past setups that I have initiated. Mm-hmm. Not through you, but through other people. I have been set up on a few. I think that this is a great opportunity for you to make your case to one of our friends because... We, in one of our friend groups, have a girlfriend who set Ryan up with one of her coworkers, co-workers I believe. Co-workers, yeah. And so they went on two dates. Two dates, yeah. And I remember hearing after the fact that this mutual friend of ours was very upset that Ryan dropped the ball and didn't ask this girl out for a third date, didn't pursue it. And yeah. Ryan, you felt like you were very much in the right for not pursuing so it. So that, that one turned into kind of a, a he said, she said on like who dropped the ball, which... Okay, so yeah, our mutual friend set me up with one of her coworkers. First date, took her to brunch in Studio City. Ended up having a great time. I remember, you know, we had a, a long brunch, several mimosas and Bloody Marys. And, you know, got the feedback from the friend that set us up saying, hey, she had a great time. So it's good. It's like, all right. I liked her. Apparently, she gave the thumbs up to our friend. Let's absolutely set up a second date. So I took her out to dinner for the second date. Uh, it was a DTF date, which... Okay, uh, you need to clarify. Yeah, I need to clarify that. So <laughs> when I say DTF, I mean something very different than what you would hear <laughs> what you would hear on a normal dating app. So DTF for me means Din Tai Fung, uh, the dumpling house at the Americana. Which, I mean, come on, Leslie, that's a great place to take someone for a date. Honestly, now I just want to get back on the Fs and be like, hey, like, do you want to have a DTF date? And then see the guys get really excited and then be like, I was talking about Din Tai Fung. What were you talking about? Which he about? should still be, you know, I can understand disappointment, but still should be pretty <laughs> it's exciting. It's pretty exciting. So we had a, a good dinner and, you know, we walked around the Americana for a while. And this was pretty close to the holiday. So I think it was going into Thanksgiving. So it's like, all right, let's continue the conversation. And... 
you know, going past that, you know, text her a little bit, but I noticed that the text message responses I were getting were very, like they weren't continuing the conversation. There wasn't follow-up. So I got the sense that, you know, she wasn't that interested. And, you know, yeah, I was disappointed, but I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to chase, you mm-hmm. know. My, my radar is saying that she's not interested. Like, okay. Well, come to find out at a Christmas party a couple weeks later, the friend that set us up said, hey, you know, my coworker said that you just stopped texting her. And honestly, that was a record scratch moment to me because my perception was, well, she lost interest in me. I had no clue that she felt that I had dropped the ball, which, okay, one, my bad. Two, you know, yes, I could have pursued a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was not in the right headspace for a relationship. Yeah. Uh, If you remember, I was in a horrible job at the time. Mm -hmm. I had easily the worst boss I've ever had. Yeah in my professional career and work was torture. I mean, it was to the point where it was, it was starting to bleed into my personal life where friends were calling on the fact like, Ryan, are you okay? Like you seem pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. So I was not in the right headspace to really kind of keep going. And I remember at that same party where, you know, our mutual friend told me she stopped texting. I said, Oh God, you know, maybe I should pick this back up. Mm -hmm. And that friend told me, it's like, all right, if she were to text you right now, would you leave this party to go be with her? And my reaction was no, not because I wasn't attracted to her or I didn't like her, but more, I'm just not the kind of guy to peace out on my friends. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, well, if that's not the case, then it is what it is. So, not the right person. I mean, yeah, it's not the right person. And, you know, take that advice for whatever you will. I it is one of the setups that I feel bad about. So if for whatever reason that coworker is listening, I will say I'm available. Before I give my pitch that hey, what's up? I'm still available. (laughs) Before that I want to say, hey, you know what, my bad. It it, I like that. It was it was not you. Like I just gonna sound as cliche as as possible, but it it was me. I was in a bad space. And you deserved better than me at the time, so. Ryan, that's so sweet. And I, I try. I think that it brings up a really interesting point because I think there's an age-old question of when people really say, I'm not in a place to date right now. For me, if someone were to tell me that, which I know you didn't say that to yep. her, but if someone were to tell me that, I would be like, that's BS. This person doesn't yep. like me and it's just, it's a cop-out. And so it is really interesting to hear because I can attest as your good friend, it's like, yeah, you were not doing well. Like you were really, they were working you to the bone. It was like mentally exhausting. So I, I ended up quitting that job. And anyone who knows me, for me to actually say, you know what, screw this, I quit that that took me to a place that I do not, I've never been before. Yeah. So it just goes to show there can really be times when someone really yeah. is not in the right headspace. And, and I maintain I did not ghost her. I just, I was not going to chase her. I, I was not going to send her a Netflix still six months after the fact, say, hey, let's talk again. I mean, over a year after the fact. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that just makes it worse. Oh, well, you said you didn't think she was interested. Yeah. And as someone who... I would say when I'm on a date with someone, I would say they probably think I'm interested. Yeah. In fact, I'm probably too friendly. So some people who yeah. I'm not interested in probably think I'm interested. But out of curiosity, as someone who is not the aggressor by any sure. means, that's not my dating style. So I'd be curious to hear what do you want to see from the woman to like allow you to still be the one pursuing, but know that she's interested. Interesting. 
It's more, it has to be perceived effort on both parties. Mm-hmm. For some people, it is difficult to kind of put yourself out there and be the initiator. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes when the the female initiates or even the other party initiates, it's kind of a validation. And I remember on the second date, we had, we had a good time, but there, there were a few awkward lulls. And that's where I was just kind of testing out the texting conversation. I mean, and this may 100% be just me. I mean, your listeners can DM me after this and be like, you're out of your goddamn mind. But again, it was kind of testing the waters like, hey, how's it going? You know, what are your plans for the holiday? And I'd be like, dinner with family. Mm. And like, that's it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, she's too polite to tell me she's not interested. Mm-hmm. Which again, this is why it was genuine shock when, you know, it was like, she, st- she said, you stopped texting her. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So yeah, yeah I think, I think that's a tough one. I, and also, part of me was like, you know what? This is now the second date. Should there be an easier flow for us speaking? Yeah, it's rough. But I mean, again, that particular setup, the one that has led this whole conversation, I would absolutely want to redo. Wow. Um, I mean, have you heard from Bridget? Like, what's she doing? I I have not asked. Uh, I have not asked Bridget about that. So Ryan, okay, know. now is your chance to follow up now, and yeah. Oh, yeah, take well, initiative. Yeah, well, that's the Leslie, Leslie optimism that I always Honestly, it's like a little too optimistic, fair probably. Enough, fair enough. <laughs> so right. I want to talk about the other setup time. I was not involved in this <laughs> You all. were not involved in this one, so yes. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. So this was a setup at a Las Vegas licensing show. So for anyone not in the entertainment or consumer products industry, every year there's a huge trade show at Las Vegas, usually at Mandalay Bay, where all the studios present to all the consumer products partners. Here are all our movies. Here's everything we're working on. It's a huge work event, but it's also a party. You have all your coworkers. It's hundreds of industry people. So... We had a group dinner plan with a bunch of our old co-workers. And one of my really good friends, actually the co-worker that introduced you and I first oh, to be yeah. friends, she texted me saying, hey, just so you know, for this group dinner we're having tonight, I'm bringing your future wife. Oh, wow. What yeah. a promise. What a promise. Oh so God. I'm like, all right, group dinner setup. You know, maybe not ideal, but all right, this could turn into something. So... Little did I know that everybody at the group dinner knew that this was a setup. Of course. So it was like being on a reality show with your audience at the table with you. And this was, you know, there may be 12 of us in the group. And, you know, I I meet the girl that our friend brings. And she's nice enough. But, you know. (laughs) That's exactly how you want your future husband to describe you. Nice enough. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not a comment on her. This is more the circumstances around which we met. Just imagine the level of awkward. It's like a zoo mating ritual. Like, hey, hey, get together. Like, like two pandas. Yeah, like two. Yeah, exactly. They started like setting me like on trivia. Like, it was like Jeopardy with this girl. Like, oh, who knows more about this movie? And it was like. Okay, yeah, I probably could have had a little bit more tact, but they brought up my they brought up my competitive side, which is not a I, I like to ease most of my dates into that side of my personality. But it also became very clear like 20 minutes into the dinner that there was a group text going around oh my God. of everybody else at the table talking about the two of us. No. So it was like, yeah, no, not into it. No, thank you. Yeah, they set you up for failure. Yeah. You guys know who you are. You were there. But as we were leaving the dinner, they asked me, so Ryan, what'd you think of her? And, yeah, probably not my best response, but my answer was, 
Well, the food was good. So. Wow. Yeah. And again, this was not a comment on yeah. her. This was, was more... The situation. the situation. was fucked from, from yeah. step one. That's not great. That's like very middle school, honestly. Yeah. Like go, when go. you have everyone kind of like giggling behind their hands yes. and like looking back and forth at you guys. Yeah. Now, if it was, hey, I've got someone you want to meet and, you know, after we go to dinner, maybe you should... You know, meet her at a club or let's go to a bar. God, licensing show sounds so sexy. Licensing show is wild. The biggest regret of my career is that I have yet to go to licensing yeah, well, show. Well, the, the, the key word is yet. I have no doubt you will find it. I don't there. know. So this year in my current role, because it's more technology focused, yeah. normally we would go to CES. So that's Consumer Electronics Show. I hear, also those, I hear those guys are wild. And so it's like, not only was I never eligible for whatever reason to go to licensing show in Vegas... Now, where I would be eligible to go to CES in Vegas, it's like, well, COVID. It's like, I don't know. I'm like, when am I ever going to go to Vegas again? Or when am I going to go to Vegas on the company dime to get shit-faced? And maybe I should scrub that because any future employer is going to be like, don't send her. She's (laughs) not here here to know. Any employer who thinks that they're sending someone to a Vegas trade show and they're not getting shit-faced really needs to have an evaluation. Yeah. One day. One One day. day. One day. Yes. So, um, I really wanted to talk about another experience of dating that's a little less traditional. So, years ago. Years you ago. Also, I think we're actually my only friend that I know of to sign up for matchmaking. Oh, yes. A professional matchmaking service. Yes. And I think, you know, those of us who have seen matchmaking in the media, it's like you see millionaire matchmaker, you see Indian matchmaking. I interviewed a matchmaker, the founder of Three Day Rule. And it's like all of these are, they're really elite services and you feel like you're getting the best of the best. It's really presented as like, this is for people who are professional. They're taking it seriously. They're outsourcing this because they want someone to bring the best to them and they are looking for their soulmate. That is how the matchmaking service I went to presented themselves. Yes. And I will go through this story in depth, but I'll give you the cliff notes, the yada, 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 join matchmaking service, yada, yada, yada. I'm in a class action lawsuit against them. Yeah, we really need to dive into this. Yes. So at the get-go, it was presented to me very well that, you know, for a fee over the course of six months, we guarantee you four dates. Mm -hmm. Before those four dates, we guarantee you 10 matches. So wait, wait. Yeah, so the way that is is we guarantee you 10 matches and of okay. those 10 matches. Oh, I see. We guarantee that you have four dates. So How do they do that? What if the 10 matches what, like I don't know. Well, their their reasoning behind that was we can't give you 10 matches and you just keep vetoing over and over and over. I see. So at the end you claim, well, I didn't get any of my dates. It's okay, like fair. it forced you to like, yes, you can say, you know, this match isn't right for me, but, but it forced you time. not every time. Like you had to eventually make a choice. Mm-hmm. So the service was suggested by family. So that kind of was like, all right, you know, you know what? I've been doing the app dating, wasn't getting much there. It's like, all right, let's try something new. What the hell? Had a interview with a matchmaker, you know, explained to them what I was looking for, kind of my story and, you know, what ideally I would want that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, here in LA, I'm in the Valley you know, I'm looking for someone in this age range and, you know, I, I could use some help. Mm-hmm. So perfect. Like, oh man, Ryan, we can completely help you. You know, after every date, we'll send you a questionnaire on see what you think. We'll take your dates feedback and we'll give you notes mm-hmm. so that we can work on it. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, we'll, we'll work towards the next match. Mm-hmm. And one of the key 
parts of it is that once they presented you a profile of the match, they would set up the date. They would pick a restaurant, Mm -hmm. either a brunch, a lunch, a dinner, Mm -hmm. and they would set the reservation and you could not contact your match until on the date yourself. Okay. So no like texting them beforehand. Like, Hey, can't wait to meet you. Like Mm -hmm. your first meeting was going to be in person at whatever date they set up. Full blind date. Full blind date. So I got my profile for my first match and that was the date that you and Ariel were prepping me for. We need to do fashion shopping. Exactly. It was the first, it's just lunch date. Yes. Um, the first date was a 29 year old Pilates instructor. Sounds um, promising. Sounds very promising. Uh, you know, dark hair, light eyes, my, my type, big time. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, she is gorgeous. You know, hell, why haven't I been doing matchmaking the entire time if it's, <laughs> if it's this friggin' easy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having dinner with the gang a couple nights before you guys were giving me pointers. One of our group was like, oh, you should bring her a rose. And it's like, yeah, no. That's, I remember that. I was like, no. Yeah, no, sorry. Little, this little aggressive. not The Bachelor. Li- yeah, not The Bachelor. So <laughs> ended up going to another brunch spot in Studio City. Met her there. Great restaurant and really had a good time with her. We had a good brunch, you know. Walked down to a barcade down the street, had a couple mm-hmm. drinks there, and, and hung out. End of the day, walked her to her car, you know, kissed her, and said, hey, you know, got her number, love to hang out again. You know, fast forward, gave my feedback. It's like, okay. So I'm following up, and she comes back like, hey, Ryan, you know what? I really liked meeting you. You were great. But I honestly, I, I live in Westwood. I want to date someone who's a little bit closer. And it's like, don't give me that look. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I knew. I just I knew started it. to barely open I my mouth. I knew that that was going to generate that reaction from you. <laughs> but I'm like, all right, fair enough. You know, if she wants to date someone closer, mm-hmm. good. So I went back and I said, hey, really liked her. But she said distance was an issue. You know, can you match me with people closer? Mm-hmm. And didn't get any feedback whatsoever Wild. On my first date. I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a red flag. Mm-hmm. So here comes my second match. The first profile I got, the Pilates instructor, did say where she was from. Okay. Did have a distance. So I was like, I knew she was from Westwood. Yeah. My second match, after I brought up the distance issue, did not have her location <laughs> on it. Convenient. Convenient, right? So come to find out that they set us up at a, a restaurant, which I had to drive you know, 45 minutes out to, it was in the, it was in the middle of, you know, outside like San Bernardino County or something like that. Kind of found out it was halfway for her too. So. Oh my God. So they went the opposite. They went the absolute opposite direction. Like I told them, Hey, you know what I'd really love is to date someone who's an hour and a half away. (laughs) And the fact that it happened for the second day is like, all right, I'm starting to get a little bit pissed Mm -hmm. and, you know, gave my feedback again. And this time called my matchmaker, no answer, left a voicemail. And then here comes my next round of matches, and it's three people. Okay. It's like, how are you guys curating my matches when you haven't spoken to me? Yeah. You haven't given me any, to give any notes or feedback. Then here comes my my third date, where I think to meet her was, again, like another hour drive. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh, God, this is not good. Come to find out that she lived in Bakersfield. Oh my God. Which for non-California people, that's a friggin' really far away far. from Los Angeles. So yeah. they're not listening. They're not responding to my emails. They're not answering my calls. And like like I said, this this was not a cheap service. Like yeah. I thought I was paying for a professional matchmaker. So I'm like, okay, something stinks here. Mm-hmm. So I started doing a little bit due diligence, which hindsight, I 
should have done more before I signed up for them. But I started reading some reports and people were saying, you know what? Not only do they not listen, but I suspect that my first date was an employee of the company just to kind of hook me in. And I read that. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, is could that have happened? Which yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong. But I started thinking back on the date and it was just like to go from a first date of like, oh, my God, I can't believe my luck. How are you single mm-hmm. to people that are based 50 miles away have nothing in common and clearly nobody's trying to match me with it's like mm-hmm. it didn't raise the question so i got my four dates out of it and again they were sending me four or five matches at a time which no one was curating shit they just wanted to get the number up mm-hmm. they, they've tried to recruit me back several times nope and i finally got one of them on the phone saying you know what the hell I've been trying to get to you guys for months. I feel like you swindled me. Yeah. And basically fell on deaf ears. So mm. found a class action lawsuit, joined it, and nice try. Not going to happen again. Yeah. I hope that that comes to fruition soon and you get your comeuppance. Yes. Yes. Some of those dates have other stories to them, but we'll get, that's a different topic we'll cover a little bit later on. You know what? I think we should just dive you just right wanna, in. You want to dive yeah. right in? You want to go into bad dates? I or? do. I think that we should dive into bad dates and... Honestly, it's hard to have a bad date now, right? Because, like, there's so many limitations to what we can do. So this is a throwback to a pre-COVID Pre-COVID bad date. And the naive portion of me is like, man, I kind of miss those bad in-person dates. At at this point, I would take a bad in-person date over, you know, COVID dating, which it's rough. Yeah. All right. So probably the two I do want to mention. One of the girls I've since nicknamed Typhoid Mary. (laughs) And... I don't mean that to be insensitive, but she comes in, meet her, sit down, and I'm not exaggerating this at the least, I shit you not, the first words out of her mouth, before even hello, is like, hey, I'm just a little tired, <laughs> just so you know, and you're laughing because you know this story. Yes. She First words, I'm tired, just so you know, I was in the hospital earlier today being treated for an infectious disease. And... I want to be clear. I'm not laughing at anyone no, having no. a disease. No. I think that that phrasing, for one, as your introduction... As your introduction. Is... That's literally something out of a movie. It was a record scratch moment like I've never experienced in my life. I'm pretty sure the waiter looked up and went, what? And also, it's like, that probably raises questions like, am I safe? Am I gonna oh, catch this that, disease? That kind, that kind of opener today is oh enough to get God. is enough to get you thrown out of a restaurant. Someone sneezing. Someone today. sneezing. But again, that was her opener, and I was just like, uh, uh, I, I don't consider myself speechless. <laughs> I, it takes a lot to yes. really kind of get me, but it was like, holy shit! What did you say? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, are you okay? And she it ended up, it was, she was like on a spinal tap for some kind of like, oh God. It, it was a horrible situation. Like, yeah. the fact that she rallied to come to the date at all. That's what I was going to say. It's like, this girl needs to be focusing on her health. Her health, exactly. But again, just the fact that that was the opener, <laughs> enough where, yeah, you got to fear for your safety. Like, I, I clearly like leaned back like, wait, What? And again, she was in Bakersfield. So it's like, you clearly got stuff to work on. Yeah. I got stuff to work on. No, there, there was not a spark. Distance was an issue. And again, 
It's more just three strikes. Three strikes. The the story of the opener. It's like oof, that's rough. Mm -hmm. Um, The final one. Uh, I have since referred to this date as Sushi Karen. Okay. So we all know the the Karen connotation. If you have any (laughs) uh, Karen listeners, I apologize. I'm sure you're a wonderful person. (laughs) But um, this one was set up a sushi restaurant. Katsuya at Glendale. Nice. So the gallery. Classy. I love sushi. Great place for a, for a date. I meet her there and we start talking, you know, pleasant enough. Mm-hmm. But pretty early on, she starts treating the waiter like shit. Mm-hmm. And that is one of, if not my top, deal breakers. Yeah. Like anyone who can be perfectly pleasant to you but treats someone in the service industry like shit. Yeah. Like no thank you. No. It was a busy night at the restaurant, and I'm, I've never worked in service. I can only imagine what those people go through, mm-hmm. but I'm a firm believer of the rule: you never ever dick with someone who handles your food. Yeah, and it's like, what do you get out of being rude to the waiter? And seriously, the guy was very apologetic, like, "Hey, we're busy," and she was just on his ass, yeah. like, "Hey, where's my sushi roll? Like, where's the food?" And it's like, I'm trying to kind of like wave it off. I'm like being like extra nice to him. Yeah, but this is one of those like. Regardless of that, even before there wasn't much of a spark, but it's like, no, game over right there. That was the one I referenced earlier. Like, no, you are paying for your happier check. Oh, man. Definitely good stories. And like we said, I mean, for as undesirable as those scenarios are, it still was nice to have that exhilaration of getting ready for an in-person date. Yeah. And now that, of course, has been stripped away from us. And so I wanted to ask you about... Now that we're dating during COVID, yep. like, what are the apps that you're using? How's your experience been overall? Sure. So, yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a bunch of the apps. Um, my primary one, probably the one I've gotten the most dates out of, is actually Bumble. And I know mm-hmm. we have wildly mm-hmm. different opinions on Bumble. Yes. Um, I have found that, you know, my experience is that when the girl is reaching out first, that it seems to be a little bit safer for her. Maybe a little bit more of a filter against fuckboys. I mean, I could be 100% wrong there. But that is where I have gotten the most attention from. And I've gotten some pretty good dates out of it that, you know, have not worked for whatever reason. A couple of them have been multiple dates over a period of time. So uh, I am on Tinder. Actually have never had a Tinder date. So opposite. Not opposite because Tinder isn't my primary app. Yep. Like Hinge is my primary app yep. when I'm on the apps. But... I have gone on dates from Tinder, and I haven't really gone on any dates with people who've been fuckboys, like, yeah. beyond, like, where you would find fuckboys on Hinge or anywhere else, yep. but then I have not been on any dates from Bumble, and I have to correct myself, because I remember on one podcast, I said I went on a date with Sky from Bumble, and I don't know why I said that, because I've <laughs> never gone on a date. Well, I will say that I only recently started actually paying a little bit extra for the Tinder Premium. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually a direct result of your podcast with Denzel. Oh. Where he was kind of giving his two cents of like, he was, he was giving me a lot of stuff about algorithms. So I was like, yeah. all right. So I'll, I'll give it a shot. I will say in terms of like what the fuck is going on with this app, the one that I find that's the most question mark inducing has been Hinge. What? So correct me if I'm wrong. Hinge used to be you connected through your Facebook, and it had to be a friend of a friend. Like uh, like years ago, yes. Years, now, is it still that way or no. no? Okay, so Hinge, in since COVID has started, maybe a sign of times, I have seen multiple times escorts 
actually offering services on him. Okay, what do they say in their profile? Normally, it starts with a very, very sexy picture is the first <laughs> one. Um, the prompt is a phone number. Oh. Then the second picture is usually even more... Um, explicit. Explicit. Yes, let's call it that. Okay. And that's usually when rates come into play. Wow. So it, How does Hinge not pick up on those? That's the million-dollar question because it's happened more than once. So, that is bizarre. And granted, male escorts, that's a whole different industry. It's a whole different industry. not as prevalent, I would say. Yeah. But I've never encountered anything anywhere near like that. Yeah, that's the weird part. Um, okay, other dating apps. I, I tried Crown for a while. Oh, I never tried that. That one was a, a weird one. That was like you got like Wait. brackets. Wait, I did try that. Oh my gosh. So that same woman who came to speak at DreamWorks, she has this like weekly publication, which I actually... Still Please don't tell me that Crown is her app. No, oh, but I still subscribe to this thing because she'll like, it'll be promoting like apps or games or website like anything that is popular that's like kind of on the rise and so yep. i was like this publication is on the forefront of what's cool and what's going to become popular so i signed up what's for hot and what's not <laughs> essentially so i think i found the crown through her yeah. publication and i signed up for it and i was like this is absolute trash it's like it's a cool idea but it's also kind of a fucked up idea. It is a completely fucked up idea. So basically what it is, is it's a bracket, like Ryan said. And I yeah. don't remember how many, it's been years since I've used it. But it's like, you get like eight people a day or something, something like, like that. that. And so it's like, whoever makes it into your top four, yeah. if you also make it into their top four, then you match. But I also don't think that it matched up exactly. Because sometimes someone would be in my top four and then a day or two later, I'd be like, you matched, you were in their top four. So. It's like March Madness from hell. Yeah. And it, I was just like, the thing that would annoy me the most is that sometimes you had two people who were both very unappealing matched up against each other. And then you would have two people who were extremely appealing matched up against each other. And it's like, why can't this just be a normal yeah. scenario where I can yeah. swipe left on both of the people who I don't want mm -hmm. and swipe right on both of the people who I do want? <laughs> it's it's insanity. I will say years ago, years ago, I tried eHarmony mm -hmm. based on all those wonderful commercials that you see. <laughs> and good Lord. Um, my problem with eHarmony was that the level of filters it had before you could actually talk to the person one-on-one. -on -one. Oh. You'd match with somebody and then you'd, you could send them pre-curated questions and you had to wait for their answer and they'd ask you back oh. and you had to go through about three or four stages of that before you could talk to them directly so no fuck boys like no no but it was just like jesus like it it's <laughs> I, I i understand the reasoning behind it but yeah. nobody's got time for that anymore no so, so yeah the dating pool is interesting i mean i'm all for pretty quickly Going from the connection to talking, mm -hmm. you know, brief couple days, and then I'm going to ask you out. Yeah. So I want to I make intentions known pretty clear. I don't want anyone questioning, like, oh, what does he want? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, maybe this guy's just a friend. Like, no, I'm I'm here to date. Yeah. So, you know, let's go get brunch. Let's go get a drink. I'm, you know, DTF. To, uh, <laughs> DTF question mark. D DTF question mark. I, mean, I, do have to, I do have to bring up one more bad date. And this was before, like, we were all forced into virtual dates. Mm -hmm. This was another Bumble match. Had been texting a bit. Was setting up to take her out. We were going to go to the Federal oh, in um, yeah. North Hollywood. And she said, you know, before the date, 
hey, you know, do you want to do a quick FaceTime mm-hmm. just so you know that I'm not catfishing you? Nice. And I was like, well, one, didn't think that, but <laughs> hey, two, I, I appreciate the consideration. Yes. So she's like, all right, I'll, I'll call you around this time. I'm like, all right, perfect. So after work, I go to the gym, I come back, and she texts me. is like, oh, hey, can I call you in two minutes? When she had said, like, if you're going to call me much later, it's like, oh, shit. You know, I just oh. got back from the gym. Oh, no. So I, I changed shirts really quick. I, I rinsed just trying to, like, okay, mm-hmm. not look like a hot mess. That's very accommodating of you. I would have been like, no. Yeah. Yeah, in <laughs> retrospect, that's what I should have done. But, I mean, honestly, as the story pans out, I don't know if it would have made a difference. But she calls me on FaceTime, and we talk for maybe 30 seconds before the call drops. And I text her, like, oh, you know, bad connection. Do you want me to try to call you back? She's like, oh, no. Like, I saw you. You saw me. So we're not catfishing. Okay. I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. (laughs) So next day, I'm like, well, we're still on for for dinner tonight. I'll, I'll meet you at the Federal. She comes back with, well, actually, you know what? Now that we've seen each other... I didn't feel an immediate connection, so I don't see the point in us meeting. By immediate connection, you mean 30 seconds? 30 seconds. Oh, my God. And it was like, wow. Like, was I that fucked up from the gym or was it like, good lord. ridiculous. The best part of that was the rage that this generated in the DreamWorks Girls group was validating to me. Yeah. Because we called this girl Polish girl. Well, we have another mutual friend who's... Very Polish on our team. <laughs> she saw that text and she just said, Ryan, give me your phone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? No, give me your phone. So she takes my phone and she writes a message in Polish. Yes. And I'm like, what did you just say? It's like, oh, don't worry. It was clever. Just saying, like, oh, I understand. <laughs> I To this day, I have no clue what she wrote. Based wow. on how angry she was, it was... I bet it was not, I understand. Yeah, I bet you it was not, I understand, but... I was like, hey, you know what? People defending me. Yeah. But no, back backtrack. You and David talked about this one? Yeah. David oh. was pissed too. <laughs> Again, David's a great wingman. David protective. is a great wingman. So I wanted to transition because we were talking yes. about the fact that, you know, quarantine is really tough. Yeah. And the bright side is that you get to quarantine with your parents and in their living situation. Yeah. Full clarity, though, I do still have my own condo. Yes, And I yes. do live there kind of half and half. You know, my parents are older. I, I go back to their house from time to time. And yeah, I spend a good majority of time there, but to help them out. Absolutely. And so that's a nice benefit. Like I have spent, I would say the majority of my time in LA, but yeah. I still have gotten to spend extended periods of time in San Diego yeah. that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. However, there's also some um, interesting side effects of that. Yep. And so growing up as like only children or effectively only children, yep. there's a lot of increased parental pressure that comes with that yep. normally. Yep. And that pressure extends to the pressure to find somebody. Yes, 100%. So yeah, I mean, you and you and I are both only children or effectively. So I have an older half-brother from my dad's first marriage, but he is 12 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. So effectively growing up, yes, I, I grew up... In a single child household. So yeah, yeah, effectively an only child. A lot of cousins. But yes, I 100% feel the parental pressure. Yes. Has that intensified now that you are kind of under your parents' roof more and they get to comment on your dating life all the time? Oh, yes. It has been a rough, you know, transition to kind of go back to spending more extended time. Because, yeah, I mean, living on my own. My parents live about an hour from my current condo. Mm-hmm. So it was far enough away that, you know, I could go see them pretty regularly. But also, you know, I didn't get the pop-ins, which was nice. Yes. 
But now, yes, it's it's rougher. I mean, I know a lot of our mutual friends have moved back yeah. with family. So it's not against the norm. But it's intensified, or let's say it's difficult in the dating world. It is. Because I feel like involving your parents in dating at all is difficult. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like nine times out of ten, they have the best intentions at heart. Mm-hmm. I mean... I have a great relationship with my parents. I know you have a great relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as good as their intentions may be, sometimes their observations strike nerves. <laughs> yes. Let's put it this way. Parents have an uncanny ability to key in on insecurities. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm sure you've heard this. Like, oh, I don't I don't say it to hurt you. It's just something I've observed. Yes. Oh, doesn't mean it still doesn't sting. So it's... It's difficult, especially when you're kind of the sole child that they can focus on. <laughs> Seriously. Like, like, I get it. You know, mom and dad want grandkids, mm-hmm. which thankfully my older brother actually had his first child about three months ago. Mm-hmm. So the pressure is a little bit alleviated, but yeah. it's, it's a band-aid. Like, I, I know it's not gonna, it's not gonna be that way forever, but you know, it's as my cousin's are you know getting married and starting their families? So it's like okay, Ryan. Like, when are you getting married? Yeah. And you know, my parents have been married for you know thirty five years. Mm-hmm. They dated each other for nine years before getting married. Yeah. Yeah. So they are both vastly far removed from the dating pool. Uh-huh. And however well intentioned they may be, sometimes their observations of like oh here or suggestions are like. No, that's that's just not, that's how, not things how it work. works. That's not how it works. Anymore. Yeah. So it's it's rough. And again, I I full disclosure, love my parents. I know it comes from a place of love that they are trying to help. Mm-hmm. But boy, you know, mom and dad, if I want help with my dating life, I will ask you. Yeah. Like your your advice and consultation will be solicited as needed. It's so tough because you bring up such a good point. Like there's no comparison for what it's like to date today and what it was like to date back then. My mom's latest thing is that she thinks I should stop using the apps and her rationale is like, well, they haven't worked so far. And I'm like, wow, first of all, rude. Second of all, okay, yeah, I think you can look at things and say, well, you didn't marry them. But it's like that is not in itself the only metric of success. It's it's so funny for you to say that because I had a very similar observation from my mother mm-hmm. saying that, well, you haven't met anyone long term. Yeah, you've had a couple of dates. So clearly you're doing something wrong. Oh, my God. And it's like, okay. <laughs> um, first of all, I don't 100% disagree with it. Yeah, if I knew what I was doing wrong, I would correct it. Mm-hmm. That's part of the whole wing woman industry is built on is help. <laughs> But the follow-up is what gets me where it's, you know, if you let me write your profile, Ryan, I'm sure I could find you someone. I love your mom's confidence. I actually would trust her. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. You know what? I will say, based on the stories that you and I have swapped over the years, our moms need to collaborate or at least meet each other because yes. I, think, I think they would get along very well. They did well. meet briefly. At the they picnic. did meet briefly. The same picnic yes. where you roasted me for texting that person. Yes. Well, I feel like I feel like that's where they started to meet, but then I saw your phone ping with what's-his-face and that took precedent over what was, what was going on. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's both parents that, you know, mom 
God bless her heart, thinks she can fix everything that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like parents have views of their children that aren't always 100% in line with reality. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, like, I'm glad you don't know me 100% because I am independently my own person. Yep. At the same time, it's just like, you know, there are insecurities that it's like, I know you didn't mean it to wound, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't wound. Yeah. Especially in, in COVID times, you know, weight fluctuates. I've never considered myself, you know, heavy, heavy, but, you know, I've got the body type of, you know, I go to the gym a lot, but I will never order a Caesar salad without dressing for the table. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Thank wait. you. Thank you. Three, two, wow. one. Thank you, Leslie. Good callback. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was from to all the boys I've swiped before. Yes. What a true fan. I told you I listened to oh you. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, you know, I, uh, there have been times where I, I've been in great shape. Others where it's like, oh, you're putting on a few pounds. And it's like. Thanks, mom and dad. One, do you do not think I don't notice myself? But two, it's like you know, if you took better care of yourself, people would notice. It's like, oh my god! Again, thank you. That's such a parental way to phrase it. That is a parental way to phrase it. Um, I guess one of the other components is um, the other end of the spectrum is my father, uh, Papa Pantages. I love my dad to death, but. Boy, is he, he's a personality in and of himself. Yes. And he is very gregarious. It has proven a problem in the past. Say say we're at a, a restaurant and there's a cute waitress that mm. I want to flirt with. It can get difficult competing for attention when Papa Pants is there. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that he's actively flirting, trying to make anything happen. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, because one, mom's there and he's not <laughs> that kind of guy. But two, yeah, he just, he does not read other people like like you could tell most people I feel like you can tell a waiter's not into it. Mm-hmm. Dad doesn't pick up on that wavelength oh. very often, so it's like if there's a cute waitress, someone that I would be interested in, it's like, oh boy, here we go. There have been times where literally, like as we're leaving, I will you know catch a waitress and say, hey, you know, just regardless of all that, I would like to you know go out with you. So. All right. Varying success there. Swooping but there. Um, one such instance, this would have been maybe 10 years ago. We are out in San Francisco. It was a family trip and we're out at dinner and cute waitress. I'm flirting with her dad's actually being surprisingly subdued for <laughs> this time. But we, we haven't even ordered yet. But the, ma- the waitress is reading off the menu and my dad goes, oh, you know, that special sounds really good. I hope it gives me an M.O. What's that? Well, and that, that was the waitress's reaction. <laughs> At which point I kind of stop like, oh, God, please tell me he's not going to go there. Which he goes, oh, an M.O., you know, when the food's so good that you have a mouth orgasm. No! That's not a term. <laughs> one, it's not a term. Two. No one needs The to look know. of just absolute, like, this girl was mortified. Oh. Like you could tell she was just instantly like embarrassed. Oh. And again, dad doesn't pick up on her at all. My mom picks up on it immediately, like, what the hell? Are you doing? <laughs> that is the closest <laughs> I've actually ever gotten to standing up and just leaving my parents at a restaurant. It's like, well, any kind of flirtation I was trying is friggin' gone. Oh Thanks for that God. one, dad. So, oh my God. but again, not to say that dad certainly hasn't tried his hand. You know what? I'm the worst because my mind went somewhere. You're, like, leaving the restaurant, and you're like, hey, like, I just wanted to apologize to you, (laughs) but 
if it's any <laughs> consolation, I'd be happy to make it up to you by giving you an MO sometime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then let me flip that one around. Would that ever, ever work? You're at a restaurant and <laughs> somebody at the table offers uh, MO. How would that go over? I'm going to just give the honest answer. It has nothing to do with the line. If you're attracted to them, you're going to be like, oh my God, you're so bad. And if you're not attracted to them, you're like, get the fuck away from me. If I ever have to call you for bail because I've been arrested, <laughs> it'll be part of my defense of like, your honor, my dating consultant gave me some horribly bad It's advice. on the record. <laughs> on the record. Well, you can't just wow. say it out of the blue. I'm saying in that situation, that's the only thing you could have really said. That would have been funny. Well, I mean, you could just run. I can give you an orgasm with my mouth, but no, that's too far. <laughs> that is. Too oh, oh, that—that's <laughs> where the line is. Okay, now we're clear. Okay, this is progress. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my lord! But again, not to say that Dad certainly hasn't tried wing manning for me in the past. He—he's a regular at a you know a country club. He's an avid golfer, and he has tried to set me up with the waitresses at his golf club multiple times. But again. There's something to be said for subtlety, and there is none with my dad. He introduces me to the waitresses as, this is my son, he's attractive, and he's rich. And it's like, <laughs> thanks, Dad. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh, my gosh. Not to say that, that wouldn't work for someone, but, you know, do I want to meet someone no. that, that would respond to that? This I don't is, know. Those are the same girls who are using you for your Disneyland pass. Yo, Disneyland. Well, that never Oh, that actually is a nice transition. I have encountered gold diggers on the uh, apps before. Oh. Um, this was a Bumble uh, match, actually shortly before COVID. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked before, like, what's the good opener? Like, if someone just says, hey, hi, how your weekend? Like, no, no one's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But that, I, I literally, I've literally had girls just literally, like, give me the waving hand emoji, like, hi. It's like, yeah. put a little effort into it. Yeah. But this one girl, uh, her opener is, I need help. Oh and I'm like, all right, is this a lead-in to a clever pickup line or something? I'm like, one would all, help. all right, I'll play uh, with what? And it basically came in like, oh, I'm having such a hard time financially. I can't pay rent this month. Would you be willing to help me out? What the hell? And it's like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so oh. I remember I, <laughs> I screenshotted it and sent it to you. Mm-hmm. At which point, do you remember what your response was? I actually don't. You just gave me a line of emojis of red flags. Oh, <laughs> so it's right. like, yeah, that that that's all I need. So I I kind of pinged back, like, like is that the only reason you're here? You just here to ask me for money? It's like, no, no, but you know, I wanted to get it out of the way. It's like I no. want to get it out of the way. Yeah, sorry, no, no, thank you. We all have our own problems. Like, good luck, goodbye, reporter. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my god, it's like no, again, there's something to be said for subtlety. Yeah. So you know. Strippers, before they take your money, they make you think that they like you. This girl could at least do that. <laughs> and I mean, hey, at least the hinge escorts are upfront about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah this yeah. girl is not not doing it right. Yeah. Sorry. No, thank you. No. So. Wow. Fun, fun, fun. Indeed. But I guess yeah, we well we we kind of transitioned off the whole parent aspect of it, but. I mean, I've heard some stories of, you know, you and your mom. She wants to make sure you're okay. She's looking out for you. Yeah. You know, in your most recent talks, like, is she, has has anything helped make it better? Is is she understanding of that it's a friggin' tough time or what? 
I would say nothing has made it better because she really doubled down on like the apps are not working. Hmm. So it's tough. I understand where she's coming from. And I think she is viewing my own safety when she is making those statements about the apps, yeah. like safety and also probably she, not her words. I'm sure she just assumes it's a bunch of fuckboys and people yeah. are looking to like sleep around. And that's why they're on the apps because it's easier but the reality to, to of my it parents is, assume that's what my that's what mom assumes about the the apps too. Yeah, which is like I understand why they have that connotation, yeah. and there are people who use it that way. But there yeah. have always been pickup artists and people who are just looking to sleep around before the apps. I have a cousin who actually met her now husband on Christian Mingle. Oh. So holy God, do you think that that's the number one suggestion <laughs> I get? But I think the top line, the key takeaway from that is, I mean. Fortunate enough that the parents care, even care enough about it. It's true. So, yeah, it it sucks. Sometimes you just got to like, you know what? They, they're working off distortions. We know different. We know it's not reality. And yes. you know what? As one of my old bosses used to say, it'll all be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Yeah, I love that. Right? Love, that's great advice to end on. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. But... Uh-oh. Before we sign off, Wait a minute. You know Wait a minute. We're not gonna we're not gonna end on that wonderful anecdote. No, Ryan, oh, this is not it. that kind of podcast. You know, no, you it, no, for, it is not. You come here for some nice sentiments, but we also come here for the dirt. And so I, I have to say, when I was thinking of the game, I texted Ryan. You know, we're talking about the outline and what we want to talk about. And I said, like, we're going to play a game. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it'll probably be Would You Rather. And I have to give Ryan full credit. He was like, I really would have guessed it would be like Fuck Mary Kill. And I was like, God damn it, you are right, you son of a bitch. Because we've we've played it several several times. And I'm really excited because I've picked a fuck Mary Kill theme that is very appropriate for you. And one that I have not I've not heard any of these before, so I'm going into this blind. Yep. And as we mentioned, Ryan is very into media, cinema, TV, all things of that nature. And so I have chosen some female characters from some of the franchises that he is most familiar with. Well, does that mean that you're going to answer with the same characters? Or do I flip around and give you some male characters? I am fine and comfortable in my sexuality and able to answer because I have very strong opinions about all these female. Yes. All right, so the first right. one. Oh, God. These are Marvel ladies. Oh, my. Okay, so the first one, Gamora. Gamora. Okay. Black Widow. Black Widow. And the Scarlet Witch. Ooh. Oh, my Lord. Um, let's see. Well, now we're talking about the, I guess, the Marvel cinematic versions yes, of these all characters. Cinematic. So we're talking, you know, for those that don't know, Gamora is Zoe Saldana. Mm-hmm. Uh Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Olsen as uh, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Brand new WandaVision released uh, this week. Great, great show. That's wow. my little plug. I know. Hire me. <laughs> this, this is not sponsored. This is not sponsored. <laughs> it, may, it may have to be now legally. Um, all right. Oh, I, I have an answer to this. Okay. So I would marry Scarlet Witch because I just have the hugest crush on okay. uh, Elizabeth Olsen. That mm-hmm. accent, as weird as it is, does a lot for me. Um I would definitely, I, I, I hate to say it, Zoe, I love you, but I'd have to kill Gamora. Uh, only because you're, who's not going to fuck Scarlett Johansson? I mean, Black Black Widow is a badass, and you did not just raise your hand I at ra- that I rose like, my hand. No, I, sorry. I disagree with all of these choices. Oh, my God, no. I'm sorry. And again, no disrespect to Zoe Saldana, but uh, yeah, no, I would... <laughs> I would marry Scarlet Witch, I would fuck Black Widow, and I would kill Gamora. 
Okay, so I have to start by saying Scarlett Johansson is so hot. She is one of my top female actress crushes, like, because she's so beautiful. And you wouldn't fuck her. No, I would kill her. Um, as this character. Oh, okay. I freaking hate the Black Widow. I hate her relationship with Hulk. I I think Mark Ruffalo is the Every, Hulk. Everybody it's hates her relationship. so annoying. Every time she says, like, hey, big guy, the sun's getting real low. I'm like, shut up. Like, get them but, off the but, screen. But, but, Leslie, do we really want to go down that road when I know you have not seen all the Marvel movies? It doesn't matter. That was enough for me to say this is garbage and I want to find I, it. I, as, as we have talked, that you want to experience the cinematic universe more, I guarantee I can change your view of Black Widow. So she gets better? Yes. I mean, hopefully she dumps the Hulk. Ask any person who's an MCU fan. Everyone hates that relationship. Okay, thank God. Because I was like, why do they keep showing this? Yeah. And also, what is that reference about the sun getting low? It's supposed to calm him down. It's stupid friggin' joke. It just makes me mad. It doesn't. You're going to Hulk out. (laughs) Seriously. And then I'm going to say I'm going to marry Gamora. I think she's really cool. Zoe Sal- like, who wouldn't want to be married to Zoe Saldana? Yeah. I feel like we'd be good friends. She's yeah. also hot. And I'm going to fuck the Scarlet Witch because she is a witch. It's going to be freaky. She's into some kinky shit. It's going to be memorable, let's yeah. just say. Yeah. It, uh, no doubt there. That's why I want to marry her. You know? Conti- Even- continued. That's fair. Continuous. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay. So the next one is Game of Thrones. Holy shit. Okay, so we've marked before one. before or after season eight because we all took a oh no down before, before okay season, season one through seven yes before season seven I was not a season seven all right fan. fair enough fair enough so Marjorie Talisa or Daenerys Marjorie Talisa or Daenerys wait a minute Talisa being Rob's Rob's wife, wife. oh throwback <laughs> talk about throwback <laughs> Jesus set off the red wedding poor Talisa <laughs> oof. God. All right. Marjorie, Daenerys. See? Oh, God. Um, God, you'd have, you'd have to marry Marjorie because, I mean, the queen and mm-hmm. hot as fuck. <laughs> um, you got you to gotta fuck Daenerys because you're going to ride the, ride the dragon, as, <laughs> as Dario Naharis put it so eloquently. So eloquently. Sorry, Sir Friendzone Jorah. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm sorry, Talisa. I hate to put you through the red wedding again, but you know, not not that I would oh go God. about it oh that God. way at all. Holy shit! Wow. I'll give her, we'll give her some milk of the poppy or something. Something yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. a nice way to go. I'm a hundred percent on board with you. I want to be Marjorie. She yeah. is amazing. Like I honestly wish that her character had stuck around longer. Yeah. What a badass! So yeah, hundred percent would marry. She's got her. that smirk, so you know she fucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Tommen knows. <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> and then Daenerys. I mean, of course, she literally got sex lessons from like prostitutes. You yeah. Know? She knows what she's prostitute. doing. She kept Jason Momoa happy, and that can't be easy. Literally, I know that this is so toxic because their relationship started off so horrible, but <laughs> it really redeemed itself, and I loved it, their relationship it, it, it so redeemed, much. It redeemed itself, for sure. And Talisa, I'm sorry, you're so dumb. You and Rob are so stupid. Like I, I, I put more of that on Rob than I do Talisa. It's more Rob, but like sometimes it's up to the woman to talk the man out of dumbass decisions, and yeah. she didn't do that. Fair enough. Yeah, so she got to go. There were multiple failures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the next franchise is Harry Potter. Oh, fun. To clarify, these are all the movie versions. So these the are m- the actresses that played the characters in the movie. Oh, boy. Okay, Fleur Delacour. Ooh. Cho Chang. Cho Chang. Ginny Weasley. Oh, my lord. 
This is interesting. Um, I I hate to say it, but you got to kill Ginny immediately. Immediately. Okay. Anyone anyone who has read the books <laughs> knows that Book Ginny is amazing. Yes. Book Ginny is a remarkable <laughs> character, and movie Ginny sucks. Oh, you're a hundred. She is awful. And no offense to Bonnie Wright, I'm sure you're a wonderful person and actress. I don't know. You were given shitty lines, bad direction, or whatever. But movie Ginny is awful. So. Mm-hmm. Easy kill on that one. Now, Fleur Delacleur and Cho. Oh, you gotta marry you gotta marry Fleur. I mean, she's part Vila. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not not only is she a knockout, your children are gonna be beautiful. Um she got that French accent, I mean, yeah. boom. Yeah. And yeah, you got you gotta fuck Cho. This is another one where we disagree. Okay. I have to say Counterpoint, see what you got. So all of those female characters were pretty cool in the books. Yes. You know? And Ginny, of course, we know more because she yep. was a prominent character from book two. Cho got a little jealous in the books. Uh, Cho's character took a turn in the books. She took a turn. But like at their core, it's like your imagination goes in a certain direction. Fair enough. I was like, these are beautiful, badass women. And I'm not here to shade anyone's looks. I will say, for me, all of them looked extremely average. I was imagining like like jaw dropping beauty from all of these women. Yeah. They're all very, they're all cute. Yeah. It's not really what, like, I think JK Rowling promised with her words. Yeah. So well, that's been an issue lately. That That's very true. Whole it's a other, separate whole podcast. Other topic. So I will say I'm going to kill Cho because I think she's a little too disloyal for me. And so she has to go. But remember, in the movie, the only reason she sold out Dumbledore's army is because Umbridge doster with veritaserum i don't know yeah that's true but she's weak you know it's like umbridge chose her because they're like all right let's pick this weak one Fair off enough. the map but I'm, katie lung had the scottish accent and i don't care who you are scottish accents are hot that's true but i it was also a little hard to understand her so <laughs> i'm okay without her. all right fair enough i'm okay without her. all right so so then i would i would fuck floor part vila who knows what's going on there like yeah. that's going to be entertaining oh and i i know why you want to marry jenny I want to marry Ginny because I want Molly to be my mom. There you go. You yeah. want you want to be part of the Weasley family. Yeah, that, it has that... nothing to do with movie Ginny because to your point, she sucks. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I would not being a, mind being a member of the Weasley family. But again, if this was book Ginny, marry book Ginny in an instant. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm still looking for my book Ginny. Oh, yeah. So if book Ginny or Emma Stone or Anna Kendrick are out there somewhere, just, <laughs> hey, what's up? Low bar, you know, Low, casual. Yeah, it's casual. Okay, so this one, I swear I wrote this one before we talked about it, but you kind of alluded to one of your choices, but Uh-oh. I want to hear the other two. Schitt's Creek, Alexis, Twyla, or Stevie? Oh, oh. Ah, Schitt's Creek. Yes. I finished last week. I'm like the last person in the world to watch it. Yeah, it's so great. Beautiful show. You have to watch the documentary. All right. So we've got Alexis. We've got Twyla. We've got Stevie. Um, I would marry Twyla. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only do I have a crush on her as a character, she seems really cool. Mm -hmm. But as, spoiler alert, the last season revealed, she's also a millionaire. So Sugar Mama. (laughs) Um... As much as I love her, you got to kill Stevie. Hmm. Uh, Stevie Stevie's great, but you know she came into her own. Sorry, sorry, Stevie. It's it's it, it's just she had this huge character arc. She like, had a huge. Go. You're you're gonna tell me that Alexis didn't have a huge. She character. did. I'm she did. I'm gonna fuck Alexis. Come on. Unless she starts singing, then we might have oh, to, we, a little bit. La 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 la. Ew, ew David. Ew, David. 
Okay, I also disagree with this one. Okay. And it's funny because I'm literally looking at the list. I did not do this on purpose. All of the people in the middle, I kill. And so I am going to kill Twyla because she's, bless her heart, she's so sweet and she's so wonderful. I don't know. She's like a little too daft. Um, and like, I think she'd be a little vanilla. So it's not worth keeping her around to like have sex with. And I would marry Stevie because I feel like Stevie would be a great life partner and like it can be Fair platonic, enough. but I think I would love to have her around and she'd be a very grounding force. I would definitely fuck Alexis also. Oh. If so we're Mutt, not, we're not a hundred percent. No. If Mutt told us anything, like she knows what she's doing. Oh, fucking Mutt. I hated Mutt. Oh, really? I actually liked Mutt. No. Why? He just was uncomfortable to look at that damn, once he took the beard off, it's like, what's wrong with you? Oh, you and Alexis. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh my God. No, I was, I was not a Mutt fan. Oh, I really liked him. I really, there was a period where I hoped that their relationship would improve. And then when she moved on, I was like, oh, you just, you guys just wrote him off the show. You can't even make a cameo here and there. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I was very disappointed. <laughs> Plus, you know, if this, you know, if we're going to go a little bit meta, if I marry, you know, Twyla, I get Eugene Levy and Dan Levy as, you know, family. And that's just amazing. If you married Twyla, you also have very prominent eyebrows. Imagine your kid's eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I see my eyebrows as an asset. Thank you very uh, they're much. They're not a bad thing. I'm yeah. saying they would be majestic. I am very distinguished looking. Yes, yes. <laughs> Reasonably attractive as my bumble prompt reads. Is that what you say? It did at one point. It doesn't anymore. That's hilarious. I'm a fan of that. Thank you. All right. So the next one from Succession. Oh, God. Shiv, Marsha, or Jerry? Shiv, Marsha, or Jerry? Oh, my God. It's God, Succession's been off for... Too long. Too long. Marsha is... Marsha is Logan's wife. Logan's wife. That's right. Well, one, you're you're going to fuck Jerry because she is... You know she's wild. She's wild. Any, a, anyone, anyone that can deal with Roman Roy yeah. knows her shit. Yeah. So... A girl's got some sass to her. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, gonna marry Marsha. And I'm sorry, Shiv's all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. I'm killing Shiv. Yeah, that one's a pretty easy one. I'm yeah. 100% aligned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good, good. All right, the last one. We had to do it. Oh, you know, Ryan shit. has mentioned that he worked at Disney. And so we have to oh. have a little throwback from our childhood, but make it make it rated R. So if this from... ever gets out, I doubt I'll ever work at Disney again. <laughs> They're like, how dare you sexualize our princesses? Oh, like they haven't been doing that themselves, bastards. <laughs> So, the classics. We're going to keep it, like, old school. Not, old school. No Elsa, no Moana. Cinderella, okay. Aurora, that's Sleeping Beauty, for those who are not Disney Miles, and Rapunzel. Oh, God. you're picking princesses across genres. There's, wow. I mean, Cinderella and Aurora you can definitely put together, but then, then you bring in Rapunzel. Wow, this one's tough. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, hmm. Fuck, Mary kill. Does Rapunzel still have her magical hair, or is that gone? I would say, yeah. Maybe package deal. I have no clue what that question had to do with it. Yeah, I was like, is I there I guess I'm buying myself fetish? more time. To, I do not have a hair fetish. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you for putting that out in the world. All right. Rapunzel, Cinderella, or Aurora. You know what? I'm Aurora honestly does not make that much of an impact. <laughs> I mean, the, the movie's about Maleficent. It's I mean, that, that Angelina Jolie was not free She's of playing. She's literally dead weight. She's literally dead weight. I think, <laughs> I think you can kill her pretty easily. Wow. <sighs> or as the Shrek universe would tell us, a uh, heavy narcoleptic. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So now between Rapunzel and Cinderella, 
Um, you know, you got to marry Rapunzel because Cinderella can only stay out till midnight. And things get, things <laughs> no, that's only one night. God, nah, nah, not good. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna marry Rapunzel. <laughs> oh my god! No, everything I'm gonna say, like the one thing I'm gonna say, is like gonna get me canceled. So you're I'm not gonna, gonna say Cinderella's wifey material, are you? Yeah, she knows how to keep a house. Against her will, <laughs> Leslie. Where's see? This is the problem. You picked princesses from different <laughs> progressive generations. I'm just thinking, like, I don't want, I don't want to clean. I don't want to do it. If she can bring in some little like mice to oh, clean. Oh, so you want you want vermin cleaning your house? <laughs> They're cute. Uh, it's fine. I'll take the mice to clean. The cat is still there in case the mice get out of hand. Lucifer, Lucifer, the cat. Wow. I, okay, that's a real sign of your fandom. I didn't know the cat's name, um, but yeah, like whatever. The cat can keep the mice in order. The mice are. are is the cat mean? Is was the, the cat, cat was very them? mean? I was. I'm guessing with a name like Lucifer. For, for all the cat people out there, come on, you know Lucifer the cat sucked. Okay, well he tried to eat Gus. Again, Leave didn't Gus know alone. the mouse's name, but I was just imagining that it's like a little Tom and Jerry playful banter where they secretly love each other. Oh, and Cinder- so they're just Cinderella like, as wife material. Wow. Yeah, and it's like I'm not even saying you have to do the work. I'm just like saying get your little like animal helpers to do the work and then we can chill. I don't want to clean anymore. Aurora, I have to kill. Same reason. Also, of all the princesses, I'm most like Aurora. I can fall asleep in any scenario. We don't need two people falling asleep on a whim. That's just actually so, dangerous. Well, somebody, somebody's got to stay active. Yes. And then right. Rapunzel, I would fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming pre-haircut because that hair got pretty wild. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm open. <laughs> What's life without a little risk? Wow. God, if, a, if any future employers are listening to this, I am so screwed. <laughs> that they would be really impressed with your critical thinking skills. With that, how I can evaluate their brands. Yeah, yes, sure. Exactly, wow. exactly. I'll remember that. Well, this was a riveting discussion, to say the least. Yes. Leslie, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, Long-time listener, first-time participant, and it was a blast. So clearly, Ryan's very eligible. So would you like to drop anywhere people can find you, or should I just be the person to feel You know what? My, my Instagram profile is private. I honestly don't really accept people that I do not know. And honestly, you're going to be the main gatekeeper anyway. Anyone That's that comes right. to me saying, hey, I listen to you. This is going to have to pass your litmus test. So anyone interested, you can reach out to Leslie. And that should not be, oh, he's not interested. It's just, you got to know, like I said, this is the future best man at our wedding. So best woman. Best woman. So yeah, if you're interested, you can find me at Leslie Nope on Instagram. That's L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. And you can find the podcast on Instagram at Interstates and Heartbreak, all spelled out. Thank you so much. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.